and welcome to another exciting episode of Cool Pods podcast series. Today we have with us the pres- Vice President of Procurement and Sustainability at Westfall Technique, Miss Alison Lin. Welcome Alison, it's wonderful to have you here today. Thank you, it's great to be here Deepa. And uh, happy uh, International Women and Girls Day in Science. Yes, thank you. Happy Women and Girls Day in Science to you too. And I think it's great that we are two women here uh, on this podcast, which is not common in the packaging industry. Absolutely. And um, I think it's great that uh, women are making so much stride in, these, uh, in, in the field of sustainability as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit later, but I think that is what's bringing new diverse talent and uh, more representation to the packaging space. Absolutely. Um, so to begin with, let us start with how did you start your journey uh, in the field of sustainability or what drove you there? Yeah, so yeah, ever since I was in grade school, I've always had a passion for the environment. Um, in high school, my friend and I started the environmental club in, in, in high school and we're trying to get high school students engaged in helping the environment. Um, college, the school that I went to was really a feeder school into Wall Street. So I thought I was going to be an investment banker in my career. Um, and then I did an internship at Merrill Lynch um, during the Martha Stewart day. So that was really interesting. And, and decided that was not the path for me. That was not going to be my journey. So I ended up at Procter & Gamble instead. And it was actually a hallway conversation. Um, someone stopped by my office and said, hey, we have a role open in sustainable resins. Is that something you're interested in? And at the time, I knew nothing about resins and plastics, but I like sustainability. So I said, yes, you know, let's find out more. Uh, and ever since then, I've been hooked. And I've been in the industry for almost 15 years at this point, working on sustainability and plastics. Uh, whether that's different types of material, designing for sustainability, um, and working with multiple brand owners on improving the sustainability of their products in their packaging. Wow, that's wonderful. Um, so, so basically your driving passion is uh, trying to make a difference, you know, in the world of sustainability or uh, yeah, creating absolutely. a positive yeah. impact. Yeah. Or creating a positive impact. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I think it's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's easier now than it used to be, right? About 15 years ago, there weren't many roles in sustainability. Uh, True. It wasn't as hot of a topic as it is. True. Today. There weren't podcasts on sustainability like the one we're talking on now. Um, so 15 years ago, not many people, I mean, there were a lot of people working in sustainability, but it definitely wasn't getting the attention that it has today. So it's been quite a journey um, to really focus on sustainability and choose that. And sometimes it was hard choices. Sometimes it mean, meant giving up a promotion um, or not seeing the career progression I might have wanted to, but my passion was to stay in the sustainability space and I really held to that throughout my career. I think that's a great choice. Um, I think it's very important to follow your passion, uh, you know, and and achieve your dreams. Um, Like you've also, uh, you're a co-founder of a startup and you actually won an award. Uh, You want to talk more about that? Yeah, sure. So when I was at Coca-Cola, they sponsored something called the Startup Weekend. Um, And the goal of the weekend was to pitch different startup ideas 
and then see how far you could get in actually building up the business model. So I joined an idea called Safari Feet, mm -hmm. and the goal of that startup was to bring cultural education to kids in the U.S., as well as help kids in developing countries. And we did that by making these stuffed animals that represented um, animals from different countries that would come along with the book that talked about the culture of that country. And then the proceeds from the books would actually go back to help the kids in those developing countries. So I love that, you know, talk about social sustainability. And I think that's an important part of sustainability that we often don't talk about, the social part of it. Um, so that really hit home with me. Um, and ironically, it was actually two other women co-founders that we launched a startup with. And we actually won the People's Choice Award for our startup weekend. That's great. Um, it was amazing. We, we did get some books and some stuffed animals out to people. And it was a really fun journey to go through that startup process. Oh, I'm, I bet. And it must be so fulfilling to do something like that. Absolutely, yes, yes. So um, coming to, uh, you know, talking about recyclability and, um, you know, recycling of uh, plastics, right? Uh, there has been a lot of buzz about and efforts being made on uh, uh, recycling bottles or uh, what other recyclable content in plastic bottles. Um, so uh, it would be great if you could talk about recycling uh, in, uh, you know, uh, caps and closures and uh, also kind yeah, of address the issue, um, you know, about HDPE versus PP. Uh. Yeah, uh, you know, there is a lot of attention on the bottle, which is made out of PEP. So, you know, the past 20, 30 years, a lot of the recycling developments have been really focused on the bottle. Um, there has been some focus on HDPE as well, with the milk bottles being predominantly made out of HDPE, but that's really where the focus has been. Um, and when I was at Coca-Cola, my focus was on caps and closures. Uh, and my goal, my personal goal was to see if we could get recycled content into caps and closures. Because again, the focus was so much on the bottle. And I knew, hey, there's there's material out there, and I think there's something that we could make happen. Um, so we worked with some material suppliers of recycled HDPE to qualify the material. And it went through a long process, right? Because if you think about um, Coca-Cola, it has to pass your sensory taste. It can't have any off smell, can't give any off taste. Um, and many right. brands want the recycled materials to look like the current brand, right? Have that the color visual that they're yes. used to. So it was definitely challenging, but we were able to partner with the material supplier that had the material that we were looking for um, and eventually convinced my suppliers to qualify the material um, and partner with us on, on launching this. Um, the, the closure actually didn't get launched until after I left Coca-Cola, but I was really proud that it did. And it actually won the Plastics News Cast and Closures Award last year for uh, innovation in the cast and closures market. Wow. So extremely, extremely proud of that. Um, Congratulations. Two, thank you. <laughs> yeah, less than two years ago, the, uh, the CEO of the largest closure manufacturer in the world told me, Allison, in the next five years, there is no way you're going to see recycled content in caps and closures. And oh, I looked wow. at him and I said, I, I'm, I'm going to prove you wrong. I promise I'm going to prove you wrong. And we did, you know, with the whole Amen. team at Coca-Cola um, and the supplier partners there and supply chain, we proved them wrong. Uh, and now it's up to everyone else in the caps and closures. We've proven that it can be done. So now it's up to everyone else making caps and closures to look at qualifying materials 
in caps enclosures so that it can get the attention that yes. the bottle is and help the overall, you know, there's a lot of balls right now looking at requiring different levels of recycled content in the package. And the closure can help the total package reach those legislative levels. Um, and it's a, it's a way to look at it. We don't need to depend just on the bottle. We can look at the right. closure to achieve those recycled content levels too. Right. And, um, you know, the bottle and the caps, they are like, they, they are in like, you know, hand, hand and glove, they go together. So absolutely to yeah. address that issue is as important, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, and you asked me to talk about HTPE versus um, yeah, polypropylene. Yeah, like the well. weight. Um, so there, there is a lot of closure technology because traditionally, um, traditionally, people wanted the closure to be made out of a different material than the bottle right. um, for a seal perspective. And, but there is closure technology now that allows for HDPE closures to be on HDPE bottles or PET bottles. And it's Better for the recycling stream, right? The more that you can have the whole package being in one material, the easier it is to recycle. Right. Polypropylene closures on HDPE containers actually can be a contaminant in the recycling stream. Um, secondly, there's actually more recycled HDPE content available. So if you're in an HDPE closure, there's more HDPE material, recycled HDPE right. material that you can use. So you can improve your recycle content easier than you would be if you're in polypropylene. So we've, we've done a lot of work um, and we've actually launched an article with one of our um, resin partners as well as the licensor for the, the closure technology that we use at Westfall uh, and recently wrote, co-wrote an article about HDPE closures and how to use them to improve the recycling stream without giving up any functional requirements of the closure. Right. Right. Um, that's that's really great. Uh, also, you know, when we talk about pigments being used, uh, you know, uh, so is there like in, in bottles, right? If you use a dark pigment, then it uh, gets more difficult to recycle it versus uh, clear bottles or uh, maybe light pigmented bottles. Is there a, a similar situation that you face when you when it comes to caps and closure? I hope so, right? So I think there's been some recent news of uh, you know, certain colored PET bottles moving to clear because that greatly improves the recycling stream. And I would love to see natural um, caps and closures because Absolutely. that, again, increases the amount of recycled content you can use. There's this weird... Uh, there's this weird dynamic right now where brand owners natural recycled content, but then they put it into... A color closure, and then when that gets recycled of a natural color, but then it gets colored and it no longer becomes natural. So uh, until we get to chemical recycling, that's going to cause an imbalance in the recycling stream. But I, I would love it if brand owners embrace the look of recycled content. And I said, you know, celebrate it. Celebrate that you're using recycled content. Absolutely. Let it show. Show that you're using recycled content. I've seen some brands like. Um, like Samsonite, I recently bought a Samsonite luggage that's made out of ocean plastic. And they kept it this grayish, greenish color so that you could see the color of the ocean plastic come through. And I love that because it visually tells the consumer that this product is made out of recycled material. If you color it just to look like your virgin plastic closures, um, there's no visual cue to the consumer that, hey, we're using recycled. Then you need to print that, right? You need to make right. it that, hey, this is made out of recycled content. 
celebrate it. Celebrate and embrace that Absolutely. you're using recycled content. Get the credit for it, right? Absolutely. So I, I always urge brands to embrace that. <laughs> I know, I think so. Um, I don't know. I did an interview with uh, Professor Edward Cozier, if you get a chance to uh, listen. He has also talked about this. Have you? Did you realize that? And, and that's what he yeah. said. You know, I mean, uh, it's okay to go with clear. It's fine. I mean, yes, we do need aesthetics there. But, uh, you know, when it comes to um, creating a positive impact, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Don't you think? Absolutely. And, and um, you know, Ed, Ed's been in this industry for a very long time. And I, I, I almost always agree with what he says. And he's spot Absolutely. on in this case, right? Um, it's okay to be clear. It's okay to be natural. It's okay to celebrate the color recycle content. I mean, the, the consumers want you to use it. So let them know you're using it. Yes, exactly. And I think uh, there is now a lot of awareness uh, about, uh, uh, you know, being sustainable, uh, even with consumers, right? Everybody wants to do their part. And uh, mm -hmm. this is a great way of uh, letting them know that, uh, you know, they can be a part participant in this kind of uh, uh, initiative. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, coming to Westfall Rock, I know you partnered with Polycarbon, uh, you know, as your partner. So, um, yeah, what, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, we, we have a partnership right now where we're trying, uh, you know, because the usage of recycled content in the CPG and the consumer product space is pretty common, right? So mm -hmm. we've seen it in beverage, we've seen it in fabric and home care, we're seeing it more and more in beauty as well, but really not in the healthcare space. Um, and there's a lot of plastic use in the healthcare space. Right. So we, we, had, we created a partnership where we're trying to use um, a closed loop circular scientific plastic uh, and qualify it in some of these lab products that we are making uh, both for ourselves uh, and under our own brand as well as within partnership with some of our customers because you know more and more especially with covid right we're, we've been talking about all these testing kits we're yes. seeing all the vaccine delivery we're seeing all the masks yes uh, it's showing that there's a need for plastic but we still need to address that plastic waste True. Um, so we want to bring some attention to recycling in the healthcare space and show that there is a way to use recycled content and drive a circular economy, not just in CPG and beverage where it's been prevalent, but also in the healthcare space. So, so the so this basically counts towards the effort that uh, Westfall is, um, you know, putting in um, to, towards the sustainability goals in the day-to-day -day operations. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we're the first ones really, really driving this in the healthcare space. Now, there is a healthcare um, plastics recycling council, and they're doing some really great work in this space as well. So it's definitely rising in terms of the attention, right? I think there's a lot of great organizations working with the healthcare plastics recycling council to see how can, um, how can we drive more circularity in the healthcare space. So, uh, you know, a second ago, we talked about it being the time for caps and closures, which I do think it is. And I think it's also starting to be the time for healthcare. Yes. And looking at how do we yes. create circularity in the healthcare space. Absolutely. I think sustainability basically now um, is not even an option. It's it's absolutely a necessity. And um, every major yes. industry is embracing that. So um, that that's okay. really great. Um, uh, and if you had to give a message uh, to all the brand owners, um, uh, what would you want them to focus on, uh, you know, as far as caps and closures are concerned? 
Yeah, if we go back to caps and closures, I think, you know, one, it is possible. So I think a lot of them were told by their suppliers in the past that, no, you can't use caps and closures. I was told that by my suppliers. And if I had just taken my supplier's word for it, we wouldn't have won that award. We wouldn't have driven the first usage. So, you know, challenge your suppliers, um, challenge the supply base, because uh, it is possible. It is something that we can do today um, and, and see what levels you can get to, right? Um, don't, you can challenge the 30%, see what levels you can get to. And, and lastly, really, again, embracing the way that recycled content looks. That will help us use more recycled content. That will put much more plastic, recycled plastic in play because we're not just chasing that small bit of natural uh, material. We can look at more material to use in caps and closures. Right. That's that's wonderful. Um I think, uh, yeah, you, you said it. Also, um, you know, uh, as, as a woman in the field of sustainability in the industry, what has your experience been? And what would you say to encourage other women and youth in general who want to uh, make sustainability as their career choice? What advice would you give them? What motivated you? So if I go to a uh, traditional packaging conference, um, there's never a line for the women's bathroom because <laughs> there's not many women. So, uh, but when I went to the Sustainable Packaging Coalition um, or the Association for Plastic Recyclers, there's a, two big organizations focused on sustainability. Then you see a lot more women present because I do think sustainability is drawing women into the packaging space, which is, which is a great thing, right? So I think, one, it's attracting more women to this space, um, but then the packaging industry needs to embrace women. So I, I think I, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of saying, you know, there's so, there's so much that a woman needs to do, but there's also a lot that the industry needs to do, too, to embrace women, accept women. Yes, it's going to be different. Yes, it's going to feel different than the good old boys club that they might be used to. Right. Uh, but time and time again, research and studies have found that a diverse organization will outperform a non-diverse organization. Uh, if you look in nature, right? If you look, my, my husband works in genetics. If you look in genetics, a homogenous um, gene group often leads to a lot of genetic disorders. However, diverse gene groups helps the, helps the gene pool become stronger. And the same is true of organizations. Diversity, uh, diversity of thought, diversity of gender, diversity of uh, people of color, um, that all adds to the corporate experience. And again, they have found that organizations who have diversity outperform those that don't. So I really, I really encourage the industry to embrace this change, uh, embrace the diversity, and know that at the end of the day, it's going to be better for the bottom line. It's going to be better for your shareholders. It's, uh, it's going to be different, Absolutely. but then, you know, it's going to take us to a different and better place. I, I absolutely agree. And, um, you know, sustainability is something that's going to be there for the next 40 years and throughout and um, coming generation have to um, take steps in, uh, towards that. Um, so that's great. I think it's been it's been wonderful, Alison. I think it's been great having you here and uh, listening to all that you had to say, um, you know, especially as we celebrate today. Um, you know, it's absolutely been a privilege um, to to be talking to you today. And uh, to our, you, you're welcome. And to our listeners, uh, you know, uh, this is this is our way of uh, uh, basically bringing forth uh, the idea that sustainability is extremely important. Uh, 
Um, so uh, thank you again for listening uh, to us. And uh, we look forward to um, many more conversations. We'll have you coming back to us again, uh, Alison, uh, as we reach more yeah. milestones. So thank you once again for being here. And um, uh, please do subscribe. Uh, so this podcast uh, can be listened uh, by a whole lot of people. Uh, and uh, you could absolutely go to my website, www.sustainabilitypackagingservices.com. And uh, thank you again for being with us and have a wonderful day and God bless. Thank you, Deepa. You're welcome.